Um, okay, it's Lamed Shvat, Rosh Chodesh Adar. Oh, ooh, we forgot to do all that. Very exciting, not too late. <laughs> no, we dive in uh, Shmona Esri. <laughs> um, okay, so... Okay, we're in the middle of Parat Kaftas. Just something small about Rosh Chodesh Adar that's in my mind, intention for Rosh Chodesh Adar. Rosh Chodesh Adar is literally... Adar is joy, but everything... All of Judaism is joy, right? So what does specifically Adar bring about joy? What kind of joy is Adar? And I was learning about that Adar, the joy of Adar is a joy that comes from internal experience. A lot of joy is like the joy that we, exp- like all of Yiddishkeit is joy, right? Like you have to do things with joy, but Adar is about finding the space inside of us that is essentially joyful. Adar is all about Atmos, Perm is all about Atmos, and like, the, the extension of that is that we dress up, we put on costumes, because it's so not about the external. It's so not about the way I'm presenting. It's about the internal, deep, essential connectivity that I have with Hashem. And that's why, like, Purim, like, it all, it's whatever, it all connects. Because, like, Purim is the time that, like, they were at a spiritual all-time low. Like, the Jews were, like, we're... That's why Haman chose Purim, because he literally saw that this is the day you have no spiritual energy. And it was on that day still that Hashem intervened and it was like the biggest miracle of Hamelech, Hamelech, Hamelech. Hashem saying, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And that's the whole theme of Purim, that like Hashem is in the spaces where you don't see Him. And you can find joy. It's like the joy that comes from like the internal deep knowing of like independent of circumstance and independent of how I'm experiencing life, I can find joy in just my essential connectivity with, with Hashem and with like love itself, which is Hashem. So I bless us all. This Rosh Chodesh Adar. Mishen Nechnas Adar. Marvin Vesimcha. I bless myself too. To like experience that. Literally, it's Tanya. Like that inner state of higher self that literally sees life through that lens of like, this too is happy. This too is happy because, because it's Hashem. Okay, so chapter 29. We're up to part 3 out of 5. Or maybe part 3 out of 4. Oh, part 3 out of 5. Yep. So, chapter 29 is all about, are you following at all chapter 29? Okay. Essentially, it's about, the Alter Rabbah is talking about this person that is experiencing Timtum Halev. So what's Timtum Halev? Timtum Halev is the state of, you can call it, numbness of the heart. What is, that, what is happening, though, to that person? It's that their heart but not their animal soul heart. It's their heart, meaning their expansiveness towards life, their higher self inside of them, their consciousness, their openness, their curiosity about life. It's shut down. It's numb. But what, what does that mean? It's not necessarily that that person is just lying there like, oh, completely numb. The fact that that person's higher self, consciousness, curiosity, open love, open heartedness, that, that's shut down, all that means is that basically what, what's causing that is that they are literally completely, I'm going to use the word blended, but they're literally blended with animal soul, with part of them that is separate from God, that is separate, that literally looks like, looks like klipa in a sense, that looks like the shell of what something is, that looks like separateness. Um, okay, I'm, I'm getting a little lost. What's symptom Timtum Aleph is when somebody is in a state of complete sureness about an aspect of them that is broken, 
that is not whole, but it's their obvious reality. It is the only reality. So let's say somebody has an inner experience in a state of ruach. So it's like their emotional experience is that they are not good enough. They have that story in their mind. They have that feeling in their body. Previous chapters, the Alter Rebbe's approach was to somebody that's experiencing that, that feeling of like, I'm not good enough. But they're experiencing it. They're like, I have this aspect inside of me that feels not good enough. And it's driving me crazy. And it's making me sad. Or it's making me angry. Or I'm feeling depressed about it but I'm having an emotional reaction to something going on in my life, to something either going on in my external life, meaning this thing in my story is making me feel depressed, or something in my internal life, this thing about me is, is making me depressed, that I can't heal myself properly, that I, that I keep struggling with the same things, that whatever it is, I'll give a bunch of examples, but in the previous chapters, it was all about this person that is experiencing pain in their life, that's experiencing stuff, and that's reacting to it. They're, they're, they're seeing it and they're reacting to it. Timtum Alev isn't that experience. Timtum Alev is when the stuff in your life is you. It's not, I'm afraid for the future and I'm nervous. It's literally things are not going to be okay. Or literally, quite literally, I am. It's not, oh, there's, I, I feel sometimes that I'm unlovable and so... When I go into relationships, I self-sabotage, but I'm, I, I want to I think about it. And then about to that person, you could be like, oh, let's talk about attachment theories. Let's explore your trauma. Let's get, you know what I mean? Let's have conversations at set times. What this person is saying, they're not saying I'm anxious about it or I'm sad about it or I'm upset about it. They literally are the experience itself. I literally am unlovable. And you can tell them all you want. Oh, but really, you know? And they're just gonna be like, okay, I, I hear you, but you're just wrong. You're just not... Uh, they're not even talking about it. Oftentimes they're not talking about it, exactly. And that's why we, we confuse Timtum Halev with, with this person that's just like numb. Oh, can't feel. But really, that, what isn't feeling in them? The thing that's numb in them is their higher consciousness, the ability to look at themselves and say, are you true? Are you not true? Can I, let me actually see what's going on in myself instead of just accepting this as the only possible reality. That's the aspect of them that's numb. And oftentimes that person does manifest as numbness. As in and, but another thing that Alter is making very clear to us is that it's not an all or nothing thing. It's not that you have Timtum Halev in every aspect of your life. Alter says you have it. Uh, what's the word? Um, rabim. Sometimes and often. Meaning it's about aspects of our lives. It's not like a constant all or nothing experience. You can have Timtum Halev about a certain experience. And it would be an experience where you're experiencing it and it just is the objective truth. That aspect of brokenness inside of you, you don't even look at it and say you're broken because it just is you. <laughs> and the Alter is approached, and oh, what I was saying before is that it's not necessarily that that comes across as numb. In my opinion, I think it comes across in one of four ways, which are the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Literally, the survival mechanism Literally, because Timtum Alev is essentially that you have no prefrontal cortex. The ability to like actually see what's going on instead of just respond to it, that's Timtum Alev. And the state of Timtum Alev is you're not necessarily going to be numb. What is numb is the ability to actually have consciousness about it. That's the numbness. And then the way they're going to react, sometimes it's going to be... It, will, it may be reactive. It may be trying to people please. It may be trying to avoid relationships whatever it might be and sometimes it may look emotional but it's not an emotion coming from choice it's not an emotion coming from actual self it's an emotion that's reacting to to numbness 
literally it's react it's a it's a reactive emotion instead of a choiceful emotion what's the exact definition of numbness of heart numbness of heart but heart not animal soul heart a lot of times we say heart is oh your reactivity it's heart meaning expansiveness inside of me the ability to feel actual to actually feel you know when you if somebody hurts you and you say oh that hurt that's not wrong that's that's human that's proper reaction right somebody that even physically if some if you get hurt and you're just numb you're not you're not having the proper reaction that's ill it's not it's not true proper emotional reaction is is human people that are in state of timtimalev they may be reacting but they're not reacting from a place of self they're not reacting from a place of i'm in my body they're reacting from blendedness with this part so now if let's say somebody's blended with the part that says nobody likes me right let's just say somebody really genuinely feels about themselves that nobody likes me and they're not even necessarily conscious of that thought they're not thinking nobody likes me they're in the state of ruach the altar is very clear that tumtumalev happens in ruach ruach doesn't have story ruach is the level of soul that's emotional experience nefesh ruach neshama neshama is is story neshama is mind intellect ruach is my emotional experience and in the state of your emotional experience let's say somebody has the emotional experience of people don't like me they constantly feel unwanted, unloved, right? Now somebody goes over to them and says, and then somebody somebody they they had a date with a friend and then the friend doesn't show up. Right? What are they what's their going to be their emotional response? Their emotional response is going to be whatever it might be different for different people, but they're going to have an emotional response. Is that emotional response I I would venture to say that whatever response they have, if they are completely blended with that state of state of self that nobody likes me. Not that they feel it not that they're talking about it not that they're like Shh, but that they're just sure about it nobody likes me whatever response whatever reactive thing is going to come from now that experience that then happens to them it's not coming from self it's not coming from actually seeing what's happening and thinking about it and wondering about it and noticing it it's going to be just a response from this place of triggeredness literally it's going to be just amygdala talking now because they are in that moment they're in that state of nobody likes me. Oh, another person doesn't like me. Okay, you know what I mean? And whatever response is going to come from them, it's not versus somebody that is, would be in the previous chapter, somebody that's dealing with that thought of like, wow, people don't like me and I'm, I'm really, I am noticing it, that I have this thought that people don't like me. Then it's a completely different response. It's a completely different, mm, lost my words. As in the, like, eat... In the past, they would say, oh, no one likes me. And my friend, I don't have friends. They don't like me. That's why she didn't show up. But in this situation, she would just, uh, she would just, like, all of a sudden, like, her behavior, would, she wouldn't know why she just behaved the way she did. Awesome. Which would be, let's say, to, to run away. I don't know, right. fight, flight, any of those. Or to not, instead of being like, hey, friend, why anything. didn't yeah. you show up? She might just be like, oh, okay, of course she didn't show up. No, but not right. even of course. She'd just be like, oh, she didn't show up. Meanwhile, she's really offended, but she doesn't even know how to... She can't even necessarily her. feel that because the object... reaction because it's so, like, a part of her. Exactly. It has become so hard. Exactly. I don't get, I don't get like, the... Yeah, whatever. Don't worry too much. Essentially, in very, very simple terms, Timtum Halev is when you and your emotional experience is so blended with each other that you're not even necessarily feeling it. You are the experience of brokenness. It's, it's the most unhealthy 
it sounds like the most unhealthy state. You can yes, see this it. is the darkest that place that of Tanya that you can go. What? And that would take over everything in your life. Everything that has to do with that right. experience. Some people have it. Some people have it with so. Some people have so much trauma and so much pain that their timtum halev applies. In, in their relationships, in their relationship with their parents, in when they look in the mirror, when they're trying to eat food, when they're trying to get dressed, when they're walking down the street, they're seem to believe, meaning their complete blendedness with I am broken, I am broken, I am broken, in whatever way that manifests, is literally just their constant experience. But that's not, that would be the Itim Robin. But for some people, it's not all the time. For some of us, it's really just unique circumstances of, of where we have this inside of ourselves. You know? And, and what the author was making clear is that it's not going to be obvious to you when you have this. And that's why this chapter is so long, I think, because it's this whole journey of uncovering. Because if you have Tim Tamalev, you don't know you have Tim Tamalev. Right, that's why I'm like trying to think. Where's my Tim Tamalev? Right. Like, in the other chapters, if you're, if you're feeling depressed, you know you're depressed. You know what I mean? You know you're anxious. You know you're angry. You know you're upset about your life. You feel that. Tim Tamalev is it's just obvious. This is just what it is. And the response of the but, so, but it's but it's even unobvious. It's yeah. like so, it seems like it's so subtle that it's like not even obvious. Like does it's so like, you that you don't even see it. Right. It's like I don't notice all the time that I have hands. They just are me. Does that person that's having Tim Tim let's say about a category of the, if they don't feel beautiful, they're not every day thinking I don't feel beautiful. It just is. It just is. And the way that they're now presenting in life and the kind of relationships they're attracting and the way that they're showing up in the world and showing up to themselves. It's just going to reflect that in internal emotional experience. They're not aware. They're not, they're not upset that they're not beautiful. <laughs> you know? It just is. But does the altar of us say how to, like, extract it? Like, as in I feel like other human beings might, let's say a therapist or just a friend, might see some, a behavior, like, being like, whoa, you're being super reactive. Did you notice that? Whatever. Like, does the altar of us say anything about how to, like, extract your symptom later? So it's literally the entire chapter going through different categories, going through different, <clears throat> going through different um, things that you should do and meditations that you should have and things that you should notice to notice your own Timtum Halev. But like, let's say, are you saying what you said yesterday? Like, um, like that, that he should look at himself like that he's worse than an animal? Like that is a... But what does that mean? That what does point? that mean that I'm worse than an animal? Is that you should be saying like, oh, an animal, um, like an animal doesn't even have the potential to, to like use their sample or whatever, and I'm I'm not even using my ability, like the abilities I have in my in my. And I do but, have the ability, and I'm not. And I'm not, so therefore, like, damn, I'm I'm not doing well, and let me step it up. Right. But how do you get to that thought process? That is the thought process. But, how do you, but if it's in your subconscious, how do you know that you're acting like an animal? Like, tamp, tamp. So that's the thing. The Altar is telling us that we are. The Altar is literally waking us up to this truth. The Altar is, is breaking our spirit. What does it mean? I have no problem with this. Like, it, I really don't. It's just so true. It makes so much sense to <laughs> everything. Like, like, if, like, you know what I mean? Or no? Do I have you? Expound. <laughs> like, I, I was learning this yesterday. Like how how like you know animals are even like they are just like in their role of being an animal, but we consciously are right. not you know denying whatever. I don't have a problem with this. I feel like it answers so much about about like all the my mind is very right and wrong. So like 
it's right that Hashem is God and everything, and, and it's like sometimes it's like we are just so imperfect. Like for me, it just like, I mean, it just this. Sorry. No, keep going, keep going. This just adds up so much to me. Like I have no problem with being compared to an animal. Right. Not because. Oh yeah. Okay. No, that's what Alter because Alter is not saying, Oh, you're compared to an animal. That's right. that's a shallow way of looking at it, right. not shallow. But I'm saying like the Alter is saying it's you are better than the animal level. Right. Like if you look at it as like an animal, you know, but like you're better than the animal level, you have safe Right. Yeah. But and when you're and you're that, saying that when you're not, you that's are lower. One aspect of it, and then the other aspect of it uh, is that is that all of the times in our lives right. that we're not meeting up to any of our potential whatsoever, because we have so much potential, and right. how and look how hard it is to like live up to that potential. Right. right. It's just so freaking hard every moment of every day. Like I just learned yesterday in Shulchanara that like one of the mitzvahs is, is that you're supposed to urinate going from one direction, not east to west, north, south, south to north. All the mitzvahs in the Torah that we just don't know about, it's like, but I'm saying, but what I'm trying to say is that, is that, is that for just, just, just like, whatever. I don't know. I'm just, Basically, you're, you're totally in agreement. You're okay with Alter Abed waking us up to the actual yeah. reality. And saying sometimes yeah, I feel like, I feel like we deserve this. Like, right. Because it's a little bit of um. What's I think word? we deserve. I think we have the opportunity um, for this. It's not we deserve this in a way of like ooh no, bad child. Yeah. We deserve this like. Well, the altar like is like so sure yeah. of our utmost potential that he's like I cannot let you sleep through life. I literally cannot exactly. let you sleep through life. Exactly. Wow. Like the realness. Like the knock in the head. Like yeah. this is real stuff. Yeah. This, this is, is not this just. Is exactly and I think what rebuke is like fine. Like I think like we're very against. Not was it rebuke? What's that word? Um, you only rebuke Musser. someone that has potential. You only rebuke right. someone when you see what they could actually be. Right. When, when you see what they actually are, and you're like, you're not being who you are. That's what rebuke is. That's what rebuke should be. <clears throat> and essentially, just to answer your question before that, what the altar is basically doing now, is he's not saying, the altar is literally, literally exactly what you're saying. He's going through, chapter 29 is saying, you probably have to believe about something in your life. Okay. Now, I'm going to help you have the answer to Timtum Halev is Ruach Nishbara. What is Ruach Nishbara? To undo your right. Ruach. Break your Ruach. Ru- ruach is, I'm sure that this is reality. This is my emotional experience about this, and I have no, no ifs, ands, abouts, or abouts, it. whatever. Okay. Okay. This is what it is. Ruach Nishbara, the brokenness of spirit, is when now that objective truth in reality, that objective emotional experience, starts getting splintered. That splintering... That taking it apart and putting it into pieces, starting to ask questions about it, starting to be like, is this the ultimate truth? Am I so sure that this is their only reality? Maybe there's something else going on. Maybe I have a soul that is, is more than just my body's experience right now. You mean all of those questions about what's happening that are the breaking of the spirit are all of these things that Alter Rebbe is telling us. Like each next few paragraphs is another way of breaking the spirit, of unraveling this objective story and objective emotional experience that we're having an objective for everybody who's listening i'm putting in quotation marks because it's not objective it's our own subjective objectivity <laughs> like it's what i think is objective about life i'm not beautiful is that objective i don't know but it's objective to me and that's the state of tim tim <clears throat> literally this only happens when i teach song <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so next, so yesterday, just go inside, please. it's only a page and a half today, Baruch Hashem. 
Um, yesterday we said, what's another way of kind of splintering this log, taking this big fat log of objective reality, right? And which objective reality equals numbness. If you were looking at your life and you're saying this is just what it is, that is literally the definition of numbness. It's reactive. It's, it's literally a state of being triggered. That's the big fat log. Splintering it is saying, actually, there's a story here. It's not necessarily the only truth that I believe this about myself or that I believe this about somebody else. There's a story here. One of the ways that we splintered the log yesterday is we said, what was your childhood like? What was your childhood like? Literally. And the altar made it very clear that what happened in your childhood didn't stay in your childhood. Things are, reality is beyond time. Mitzvos are beyond time. Averis are beyond time. Hashem is beyond time. And something that happened then, a blemish in the reflect, in reflection of Hashem, a blemish in my ability to know that I am okay, that I am good and reflective of God. Literally any trauma, any moment of unconnectivity where I, they don't just stay in the past, they last, literally, psychology 101, body keeps the score, all of it, it's really all, it's crazy, it's way above its times, it doesn't stay then, it's not, oh, that happened in your childhood, don't worry about it, it stays, and when it comes back up again, through the way of you realize, of through your numbness, that's what the altar said, he said, you know it's coming back up again, when you're experiencing Tim Tamalev, when you're, when the light of your soul of your higher consciousness, of your ability to say, I'm curious about this. I don't just accept this as what it is. I'm curious about it. And I, and I want to know more and I want to feel more and I want to think more and I want to I understand why I'm even having this judgment on myself or about somebody else. It's not just objective truth. That ability for your soul to penetrate, that's literally, if you're not experiencing that, if you're just taking it as objective truth, aka you're in a state of Tim Alev, and the altar says, chances are the thing that happened as a child is still affecting you today. And that doesn't mean that you didn't do healing. It doesn't mean you didn't do teshuva. Altar made it very clear that teshuva and healing are matters of the heart. And the heart, I'm literally speaking the words of Tanya right now. This is literally what Tanya said. The heart is, has many levels and many aspects. And aspects and levels that are equivalent to shana, makam, and nefesh. Time, place, and soul. And those things are always changing. And so your heart's ability to maintain healedness, to maintain the teshuva, is going to constantly change too. And so the fact that something is still affecting you, all it is is it's a deeper opportunity for you to heal even deeper. And that's why David HaMelech said, my sins are always before me. David HaMelech didn't have sins. What was he saying? He was saying that I would, in an ideal state, my sins are always before me because the, if, if I still have this thing that's hurting me, I have still an opportunity to heal deeper from it and to come to an even deeper sense of self from it. So it's actually an opportunity more than anything else. But noticing the splintering happens when I say, wow, the things that happened in my life, they're not just isolated instances. My log is made up of a lot of little pieces. That my approach towards my life right now, the way that I'm experiencing myself and the way that I'm experiencing other people isn't just one big giant chunk. It's made up of stuff. I can start getting curious. I can start experiencing it. Um, Okay. I didn't even say this part yet, even though this is the main part of this chapter. The main way that the Alderba is saying to approach him to Malev is through feeling what you're feeling. Acknowledging reality. Acknowledging, because often, when you're in a state of Timtum Halev, whatever it is that you're Timtum Halev'd about is, like we said before, is often unconscious. And what the Alderba is saying in each of these 
things that you should do is bring what's unconscious to conscious. Actually experience yourself having your experience. Actually experience, actually feel what it is that is in a subconscious state right now, which wasn't the advice before. Before that, most of the advice was press pause, deal with it at set times, approach it in a very seicheldic way, you know? But now the altar is literally saying, it's still at set times, you're not supposed to do this all the time, but at set times, the altar is telling you, fully feel what you are experiencing. Fully feel the way that you are experiencing life in a full MS way. Don't leave any things behind. Notice all the sins you did in your youth. Notice everything that happened to you. Notice all of it. Notice the way that you're identifying yourself. Notice all of it. And today we're going to say, notice all, literally what Hadassah, we're going to say exactly what you said today. And I, I'm, okay. I'm go inside. But basically what happens when we notice it and we actually bring it to the forefront of our minds and our experience and we're like, wow, this is a reality, then automatically it's going to be in contrast <clears throat> to all that we could be, to the light of our soul. And it's like, oh, wow. Wakes you up. It literally wakes you up, which is the opposite of intimacy. Being awake, <clears throat> living with that higher consciousness is the opposite of intimacy. And it happens through fully experiencing the way I'm experiencing things now. Okay. <clears throat> Vigam which is in a state of unconsciousness and disconnectedness. Um, so even if you're innocent of the grievous sins of your youth, the grievous moments of disconnection, and again, Naltarba didn't say this, but I feel this, that it's not only the things that you did, it's the things that were done to you. Anything that caused chait, anything that caused disconnect, Literally, what happens when somebody experiences trauma? The result of trauma is I am now disconnected. I am now alone. It's the animal soul on steroids. I am separate and alone. I need to fend for myself and survive. That is the result of trauma. And that's... Um, okay, yes, I'm leave it. But even if you didn't experience some big trauma, you never got, you know, like nothing giant ever happened to you. Yet, or <clears throat> you never were completely separated from God. You should set your heart to fulfill the counsel of the Holy Zohar, to be a master of accounts. So now this is another thing that you could go towards to do another splinter. You should do a cheshbon with your soul. Nefesh is the way that I manifest. So now this is a reflection, my own accounting, on the way that I acted throughout my life, the, the things that happened in my life. On all the deeds and words that were said and thoughts that were thought until this day, from the day I was born until today. If they were all from the side of Kedusha, this is literally what you were saying. Or from the side of Tumah. It's possible were not all of them directed specifically for the service of Hashem in complete reflection of Hashem. Because if it wasn't, it would be from Sitra Akhra. It would be from the other side. If it's not reflecting God, if it's not reflecting unity and love, it's reflecting Sitra Akhra. Two options. Anytime that you are thinking a thought or doing an action that's reflecting God, you are literally the Merkava for for God, you are literally reflecting Hashem. And also the opposite. When you do the opposite, you're becoming now a chariot for the Tumah. That from there come all into our thoughts, into her speech, 
da 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 So why is that a meditation that causes more of a splinter? Why does that cause Ruach Nishvara? Because you're noticing that when you're in this negative space, you're giving, you're noticing where you're putting your energy. So when you're um, doing stuff against Shem, whatever, when you're in your negative space, you're giving energy here. And when you notice that when you're in your positive space, you're giving energy to the positive Hashem. <laughs> I mean, I, the words with Hashem. Yeah. I don't, it's definitely not incorrect. I, I don't know. I think what it is, and this is my conjecture, I think what it is is it's when you notice that you are not always in line Dalteb is making us notice that I have a higher self and there is a higher truth in life that I am not always in line with. That I am not always reflecting. Meaning, my life isn't objectively truthful. Not everything about my life reflects the absolute honest truth. That itself causes the Ruach Nishbara. That that causes my emotional experience of things are what they are, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, to be broken. There's a higher truth that I am not always reflecting. Whoa. Getting curious. What is that higher truth? Why haven't I always reflected it? Etc. etc. Still continue on. But the initial splinter is there's a higher truth that I'm not always reflecting. Whoa. Life isn't so simple. Life isn't just what it is. My reality isn't just this objective, big, fat mass. Last paragraph for today. Um, one more meditation. And we all learned this before in high school, but I never learned it this way. I learned it from Rabbi Friedman. He really explained it very well. Rabbi Manus Friedman. This one's all about dreams. So, oh, yes, and Levi. Another thing that you can do to break your spirit, meaning to break this objective you're like, you already said it. You already said it. <laughs> you don't need to do it. Rav Chalamaisav, yes, Malibai, Rav Chalamaisav. You should further consider the magnitude of your dreams. Shehem Hevel Ur Usruach, that they are vanity and an affliction of the spirit. Usruach, Ruwa, fragmentation of the spirit, meaning they're not in line with wholeness, with reflection of divinity, of truth. Mishum she'ein nefesh ayla that your soul is not ascending upwards. that your soul is not ascending upwards. So Rabbi Matz Friedman was explaining that what this means is that you have a restless sleep. Naturally, what's supposed to happen at night is that I keep on imagining like a like a like, imagine like a ball, right? Like your body is here, and what happens at night is that your soul literally goes on a little vacation and enjoys the spiritual realm and then comes back re-inspired right that's what it is that's what but what happens in this state of person is that your soul does not fully ascend to above why and the altar gives the opposite who does whose soul does go up somebody with clean hands so what's happening in this in this state where was explaining that a restless sleep 
is a result of a soul that feels that it cannot leave its body or a body that does not let its soul leave. So what's happening? I keep on imagining in my mind like a tetherball. Literally like the soul is like attached to this pole, which is the body, and it's trying to go up, but then the body is like, come back here. And why is that happening? Because it doesn't have clean hands. Clean hands is, is reflective hands. That my body knows that I am a vessel for my soul. But a body that doesn't know that I'm a vessel for my soul, a body that says, I am what I am and I'm only what I am and I'm so sure that I need to be what I am and I need to survive, I need to survive, I need to survive. How can I let my soul go to a spiritual place? I need to survive. I need to, you know, be okay. I need to, I need, because of my separateness, because of I'm on survival mode, I can't let my soul leave. I can't let my soul go experience higher visions. I need to survive. And that's essentially what a restless, soul, a restless sleep is. It's when my soul doesn't have permission to go experience a higher reality because my body says, no, you can't leave because my body is so overwhelmed with its own survival. What is <clears throat> now the result of this last paragraph? It's all, I'm just going to read it in Aramaic. It's literally all from the Zohar. Furthermore, those the Sitcharachra, what does it come and do? It attaches themselves in his dreams and informs and informs him his dreams of mundane affairs. Ulizmin and sometimes the Chaychan be ve'achziule mileishkar v'tsarin le bechamechul and sometimes mocks him and shows him false things and torments him in his dreams. Kamashikasa bezayar haviyikra. You can see it there, discussed in length. But essentially, my overwhelming dreams, specifically of dreams that are just completely reflective of Sitra Akhra, are the result of my body not allowing my soul to have my soul's experience. And so in my dream, what ends up happening is, because it's not filled with the light of my soul, because my soul can't go there, my body is inviting something else. There needs to be something in your consciousness. And so if it's not your soul experiencing godliness, it's a sitra akhra coming and bringing you into a deeper state of non-reflectiveness of godliness. Literally, and this is so validating. Literally sometimes mocking him and tormenting him in your dreams. So I'm just thinking like how often do we go to sleep at night literally setting ourselves up at this, setting ourselves up for this disaster like watching TV at night and like all this stuff that we're doing. Like we're literally like putting ourselves into the state of my body is not going to let my soul leave because my body is now going to continue to be in this separate state. And the opposite of that is putting ourselves to sleep like a chassid, literally like it says to do in the Shulchan Aruch. Literally put yourself to sleep like a chassid. With Kriyash Malamita and with forgiveness, Rebbeinah Kalamim is literally saying like, I forgive the people around me, I forgive myself because I'm in a state of connectedness. I can forgive because I know that all is one, that all is God. So literally Shema Yisrael Hashem Elekeinu Hashem Echad. So I 